0: Fertile Mafia. That's
1: Kayla. And that is Sarah. And today, we have such a treat for you guys. We're talking to our friend, Celeste. Yay! (laughs) She's here with us today. We're skipping right over the business. Celeste is the business today. So, we're just going to dive right in. We want to get to know you, Celeste. And, uh, first of all, we... So, you're from Australia. Yep, from Australia. Which means, everyone listening, it's Friday night for Sarah and I, and it's Saturday morning for Celeste. And mm-hmm. <laughs> since it's before noon in Australia and Sarah's pregnant, I'm the only one drinking right now.
0: Oh, you're drinking? <laughs>
1: I hope someone else is drinking with me. <laughs> I didn't know you were
0: drinking. There's a bottle of Jose Cuervo on the desk here.
1: Sarah, behave. I'm not, I'm
0: not going to drink it <laughs> because of you, but.
1: No, but I think it's so cool that we're able to do this. She's literally halfway around the world. And, what, 15 hours ahead of us? About I think that's that, right. yeah. It's yeah. Incredible. So it is incredible. So I'm going to get out of your way, Celeste. I want you to tell us about yourself. Sure. Um, I'm from
2: Melbourne, as I said, Australia. Um, I am an office manager for a boutique mineral water company. Um, it is actually Tim's sister's business, so um, p- part of the family. Um, I've been there for five years. Um, yeah, I've got a little cat now in the background. I'm in the closet at the moment and he's just snuck in. Can you hear, <laughs> can you hear him? No. Oh, I can't hear him. Oh, good. He's <laughs> licking a paper bag at the moment. Um,
0: <laughs> Cats are so weird. He, he is weird. He's a weird one.
1: Um yeah. You mentioned Tim. Who's Tim? Tim.
2: Um how do I sum up Tim? He's pretty easygoing kind of guy. Um likes to think he's a little bit funny, probably, which he is most <laughs> of the time. Um Yeah, he loves his MBA and whiskey and um yeah, we're coming up. To Wait.
0: MBA? MBA. What is what is that? Like Basketball? basketball yeah did I see? like American basketball yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is that <laughs> <So> weird? <laughs> weird to me that Australians like American basketball it's oh,
2: massive
0: yeah yeah oh really LeBron James I'm sure obsessed. people like it here yeah yeah not me but <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I
1: don't watch it either um yeah <laughs> Tim is Celeste's husband in case that wasn't obvious to everyone <laughs> so Celeste has this massive following on YouTube. Her YouTube channel is Tim and Celeste, right? Did yeah. I say that right? Yeah. I think so. So if you guys don't follow her, you need to go go sh- show Celeste some love. But I wanted to ask you about like your experience sharing your infertility story so openly in such a public forum, what's that yeah, been like? Yeah, I mean originally that was
2: quite a scary thing to do um, but I think it I've never, I haven't regretted it once. Um, it was such a therapeutic thing to do as well to make those videos and talk talk it through. I didn't feel like I had really anyone in my life who was going through the same struggles as I was um, and so... It definitely helped finding that community online and they're some of the most incredible people I've come across um, you know on Instagram and and YouTube Um, and yeah the sense of support is so amazing Um, so yeah I think it was definitely a good decision
0: do you remember what made you start? Like, what made you make that um, first video?
2: I think I was inspired by a few other people. I Before I went to have my laparoscopy surgery, I found your video, Sarah, <laughs> which was so helpful. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I think I just – I wanted to document – it was right before we started our first IVF cycle, so I wanted to start – I wanted to document the journey and um, – also watching other people's videos um, made me feel less alone about miscarriage and um, I wanted to kind of help provide that for someone else as well.
0: Yeah no I'm sure people are finding, will find your videos in the future even and be like oh someone else has this weird
2: Yeah. Well knowledge is power. However you say it. You know you can feel very lost, um, especially when your doctors aren't giving you the answers that you need. Um, Yeah, coming together as a community and sharing our experiences is, is valuable.
0: Do you think that you've made deeper connections with people from being on YouTube and making those videos? Because it seems like, I mean, for us, for me, it made it easier to connect with people at least, who were also doing videos?
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I know what
1: you mean. I'm sure. I think we can, we can definitely relate to what you're saying. I love, uh, well, everything you said, but uh, especially that really struck a chord with me about knowledge is everything and just educating yourself. And uh, I feel like those are the two between that and. Uh, Just the providing the support for other people and you end up getting it back in return when you share. Those two things are like were paramount for me when I started opening up. And like you, I never regretted it, even though it was super scary (laughs) at first. Um, And I just think it's such a great thing that you guys are doing. Um, Yeah. No, oh, well, I mean, I guess, you know, like Sarah was saying, you get these connections with people and I don't think Sarah and I thought four years ago that someday we'd be doing a podcast together. I don't think that ever crossed our minds. Yep, here you are, and, and, here we are. Women
2: <laughs> and couples and, you know, you're wonderful advocates in the infertility community. So thank you for all you do. You guys are awesome.
1: Oh well thanks. Oh, that That's nice of you to say. <laughs> that is very nice of you to say. So we haven't shared a whole lot about your history so I'm going to give some people some people I'm gonna give everyone listening some bullet points right now uh, about your story uh, and then we're gonna go on and talk about some more specific um, situations related to you specifically so Here's some numbers on Celeste, everybody. She and Tim started trying in 2014. They became pregnant spontaneously on the third try. Sadly, she miscarried for the first time around 10 weeks. She then had a DNC, her first of three. From there, they continued to try, but nothing was happening despite being told everything looked normal from a fertility specialist. A year later, after a hysteroscopy and laparoscopy, a doctor told her that, One tube was completely blocked and the other almost entirely blocked, most likely from her DNC, and that they would most likely not conceive without the help of IVF. But a month later, she was pregnant. Sadly, it ended in another miscarriage, followed by another DNC. Another month and another positive pregnancy test ended with a third miscarriage. It was time for IVF. After two IVF stem cycles and two fresh embryo transfers, both ended in chemical pregnancies. Then, in the lead up to a frozen embryo transfer, she became pregnant again, but this ended in her sixth miscarriage and third DNC. Months later, they were prepped for another frozen embryo transfer, only to learn that their embryo did not survive the thawing process. Here's where she got a second opinion, and they told her the same thing as the doctor before. So she got a third opinion and started her third stem cycle, and despite retrieving 20 eggs, they only had one viable PGS tested embryo that unfortunately failed. Along the way, she discovered after a second laparoscopy that her tubes were in fact not blocked and she had been misdiagnosed. She also found that she has MTHFR and high natural killer cell activity. And after seeking a fourth opinion, she has now realized that she's a partial DQ alpha match to her husband, which gave her the diagnosis of alloimmune implantation dysfunction.
2: Yeah, it's been a long four years.
1: And that's all happened in four years? Yep,
2: a lot's happened. Yep, four years.
0: So you started um, in 2014?
2: Yes, 2014. Um, we were very lucky to fall pregnant quickly um, in our third month of trying, and... Um, Unfortunately, that pregnancy ended in a miscarriage a missed miscarriage um and then we yeah went on for a yeah with no luck um trying after that miscarriage, and I knew something wasn't right um it was just an o b that we were seeing at the times so that was he did all of the uh Quite a few blood tests um and everything came back normal which is when i had the laparoscopy surgery um and was told my tubes had become damaged following the dnc that i would had a year prior
0: um
1: i wanted to ask you about that someone in our facebook group i don't know if you've heard us talk about brett she she yes, thought I that have. she she said she has asherman's syndrome which mm-hmm. was, yep. uh, like, damage to her fallopian tubes mm-hmm. from a DNC. Do you th- is that, is mm-hmm. that similar or the same thing that you think was going on with you?
0: Um,
2: no, because I, I had another laparoscopy end of last year, which was two years later, and um, it was discovered that my tubes are clear. Oh, that's right. They're not, not damaged at all, so... Um, I think what happened in the first laparoscopy was my um, tubes must have spasmed when they flushed the dye through Mm. um, which can happen and my doctor assumed they were damaged which was you know the left tube had no flow and the right tube had partial flow so he just jumped to the conclusion that they were damaged Sure. when um, he probably should have followed it, the surgery up with an ultrasound and um, rather you, than recommended we do IVF straight away.
0: Did yeah. you do an ultrasound before the laparoscopy?
2: No. Wow. That's mm. crazy. Yeah. yeah, and I've heard you talk about, you know, doing doing that before the surgery and that wasn't done for me.
0: Mm. Yeah, I had quite a few ultrasounds before my laparoscopy. Mm. Yeah. And it's weird that he would tell you to do IVF with having blocked tubes without taking them out. Hmm. Because that, I may, maybe that, it's an American it thing. Time? I don't know. Yeah. Usually, your mm. IVF rates are higher if you have damaged tubes, if you have them removed completely.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because there could be fluid that is toxic to embryos in there.
2: Yes. That's what they looked at end of last year. The hydrocell is it
1: called? Yeah. Mm. The hystrosel Or, yes. Mm-hmm. You said it right.
2: <laughs> she <laughs> said it right. <laughs> mm. Um, but your tubes so, yeah. are not
0: blocked, so we don't have to worry no. about that.
2: <laughs> no, no. So, so you went all
0: this time thinking that you were a blocked tubes for two case. Two years.
2: Two years. I thought I'd had blo- I had blocked tubes, and last year I found out that that's not the case. Um.
1: And yeah. you did go on to conceive naturally after IVF, right?
0: Kayla it's called mm. Spontaneous I'm sorry I know the minute mm. It
1: came out of my mouth I was like Damn it Someone's <laughs> gonna get pissed That I said naturally
0: <laughs> How dare you tell us We're not natural With IVF <laughs>
1: I, get, I get that all the time When people ask me If my twins are natural So I should know better No they're oh. alien Did I say that? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry gosh. People think <laughs> I know Um spontaneous.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah.
1: Okay.
0: Um
2: a number of times. Yes. So, um four times. Yeah, in 2016. Um but not for a couple of years now. My pregnancy. Yeah.
0: So you found out you have DQ alpha match alloimmune disorder?
2: Yes, I found out Tim and I have a DQ-alpha gene match end of last year, we found out, um, and that with my elevated natural killer cell levels um, results in an alloimmune implantation dysfunction
0: issue called
2: alloimmune implantation dysfunction.
0: So basically your body attacks embryos. Yeah, so Does the embryo is too similar
2: to myself and assumes it's something that shouldn't be there um, and yeah, prevents it from implanting. Is that,
0: so is that what, would that have caused problems with your first pregnancy?
2: Not that necessarily. So I may not have had elevated natural killer or activated natural killer cell levels to begin with. Um, people can have a DQ alpha match and have a, a full term pregnancy, but then it can cause issues later on when they try to have future children. Um,
0: so, is that like the blood type one, where if you're a what is it, negative blood type, and your partner's a oh negative, positive blood type? Yeah,
1: I we talked about it in. I'm still weird.
0: (laughs) And it causes an alloimmune disorder. Do you think that's like similar? I don't know. Someone's going to correct us (laughs) and tell us. I have a theory. Wait for the next Mm -hmm. episode. (laughs) I think it's um,
1: auto and alloimmune disease, which I obviously have a lot of experience with as well as Celeste. It's like... Your body, it's that thing of like if you're allergic to something and maybe when the first time you react with it, not that big of a reaction. And then the second time, it's a little more. And then the third time, it's a little more. It's like that thing of if anyone's had anaphylactic shock due to exposure to like peanuts or shellfish, the subsequent times that they're exposed to that, the reaction from their body is that much worse. More extreme.
2: Yeah.
1: It's more extreme. So in Celeste's case, it's like. Uh, on- it could have been like that first pregnancy. It wasn't your body was like, okay, maybe we'll, mm. you know, <laughs> be okay with this. Subsequent pregnancies, maybe it's just built up that like overreaction over time. Defense
2: mode. Yeah.
1: Yes. Which is why? Yeah. I'm not
2: even getting pregnant anymore because it's constantly on the defense and ready at the ready. Yeah.
1: So talk to us about your, the treatment that you, um, actually, sorry, back up. I want to make sure I understand the, what, so is it that you and Tim, like your genetic makeup makes the embryo, what is it about, what is Tim's role in this? So we each, we're a partial DQ
2: alpha match. So we're not a full, we've got, we share one. So everyone's got one DQ-alpha gene, one from their mother and one from their father. We share one. Um, and he's – okay, how am I going to explain this? <laughs> it's
1: so confusing. <laughs> Guys, genetics are <laughs> super confusing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So um, he's
2: I – I should read it.
0: I feel like that meme (laughs) where all the math problems are circling around their head. Yeah.
1: Or that, uh, that, um illustration that Infertility Illustrated did, like, she's standing in front of a chalkboard and there's all these math problems, like, it's this huge math problem on the chalkboard, (laughs) like, (laughs) trying to solve for X, X being a pregnancy, and it's like, I don't even know how to solve for this. It's so convoluted at this point.
0: It's very like that. Okay, while you think about how to explain it, I was going to ask if you have done in IVF transfer since having treatment for it. No. Okay. That's because you were doing intralipids. Is that right?
2: Um, So, yeah, I've been doing them for the past two months. Um, So that helps lower the natural killer cell levels. But if the embryo is too similar to the woman's uterus, um, the natural killer cells become activated um, and how am I going to how, how can I
1: explain <laughs> it's okay you don't have to don't worry yeah about
0: you it. don't have to explain yeah. it. it just sounds like they become activated and attacked <laughs> because they're like is this our thing we'll take care of it
2: and yeah then- it's so Half of our Stop embryos it. will be too similar because half of them will have the, the matching gene.
1: Gotcha.
0: Does that cause any other issues just, or is it just, just the body your body having a response to it? To and
2: it? thinking it's too, too
0: similar. Too. So you just have to get past that reaction in your body, yep. basically. So it's a matter of,
2: um, yeah, there's a couple of options. Um, hopefully immune suppressing, um, suppressing my immune system.
1: You talked about, uh, you mentioned doing the LIT treatment, the lymphocyte immunization yeah, so therapy. that is
2: something we've also done. Um, that... Um, What does that look like? They get the white blood cells from the male, and they inject them under the skin of the female, Um, and that helps create blocking antibodies in the woman um, to help protect future embryos. They prick your skin about eighteen times um, with a needle, and it's not—it's not too bad. it does swell a
0: little bit afterwards. I'm sure some people would be like, it's horrible.
2: <laughs> it hurts so bad. Uh, like 18 times. And so, yeah, that that's hopefully created blocking antibodies in my body to protect future embryos. Um, and, yeah, that with the um, intralipid infusions and the steroids, hopefully my body will accept an embryo um, yeah. otherwise our options would be donor sperm or surrogacy which are quite
1: big jumps you've had three frozen embryo transfers that uh, failed right?
2: two fresh transfers uh, oh one I'm sorry okay the thaw process, and then one failed frozen embryo transfer with a PGS viable embryo
1: Okay. So from there, maybe this is a good segue into something else I wanted to talk to you about, which was the treatment and why you ended up with four different (laughs) fertility doctors. But before we get there, I just want to make sure I understand your next steps. So you've done this lymphocyte immunization therapy, which I think is so cool. And I had never heard of it until I watched your video about it recently. Um, I, I, I'm, I don't even know no. if they do it in the United States. Do I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. They do probably do it
0: in Mexico. No, <laughs> she's right. I'm not, I'm not she's joking. Right. I think people go to Mexico to do it. Yeah.
1: I, but I think it's a. Uh, I don't know what they would do for someone in your situation with that diagnosis. Um,
0: here, here. Yeah. I, I don't know
1: how that would be treated.
0: But yeah, it sounds like.
1: Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> go to Mexico.
0: <laughs>
1: okay, everybody, go to Mexico. Uh, <laughs> while you're at it, party on the beach mm-hmm. with some tequila. Okay, so, but not after a transfer. Um, okay, so you do the 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 LIT treatment, and I think you said that that right. is supposed yeah. to be good for like six months. Okay. So, th- so then, and do you have frozen yeah. embryos? You have one. Okay. So then when you choose to do the next embryo transfer, if you choose to do that, then you'll do the intralipids and do the steroids, like, uh, I presume it's like prednisone or something yeah. similar to mm-hmm. that. Like that's what they, di- okay. Okay. Yes. So those yep. are your next steps yep. for treatment. Dexane as well. So, th- who diagnosed you with the most recent autoimmune disorder? Specialist. Is that your yeah. newest doctor? Okay. So, maybe talk to us about... Because mm-hmm. I know you have been very frustrated with some of your doctors in the past. Either not diagnosing you at all or misdiagnosing you or like the one doctor that forgot to send the yeah, tissue sample off after a miscarriage. Like, that um, just blew my that mind. That
2: was my most recent loss and yes, it was my sixth loss loss and i just was so desperate for answers um and so when i had the dnc and waited weeks to find out what the reason you know if there was a reason that we were to, um, if they could give us a reason because sometimes you just you you don't know why um yeah when i learned that he forgot to send the tissue off the testing i was furious um yeah that was that was really hard yeah. to accept because it's knowledge that could have really helped us in our, you know, determining treatment for future, you know, and avoiding future loss. Um, so yeah, that was that was hard. And I've had doctors dismiss suggestions like getting tested for the MTHFR gene mutation, um, Not mutation, yeah, MTHFR gene, yeah. Um, and natural killer cell levels, um, that they, those things were dismissed, um, which was frustrating. Uh, And it turns out those two things I have. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's, I encourage people to be their own advocate and ask questions and listen to your gut instinct. If you feel like, you know, you're not, your doctor isn't being, An advocate for you. I still haven't found a doctor I feel like is really invested in trying to get to the bottom of things Um, but I'm grateful that I have finally um, gotten to a point where I've we've got a diagnosis that makes sense and explains everything finally Um, and it's just a matter of working out the right treatment. The embryo we have frozen, we don't know if it's PGS. It wasn't able to be tested. Um, so yeah, I think we'll definitely do a transfer. It's just hard to—I don't feel overly confident, um, not knowing where my body is at. And Until
0: then, are you trying naturally? <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, Sp- <laughs> naturally and spontaneously. Yeah, yeah. My
0: hopes aren't high, but.
1: <laughs> Gotta keep hoping. When did you f- figure out, like, okay, I have to move on. You're not the one for me. Was it mostly like what you were saying, just your gut telling you, um, or was it? Was there any more to it than that, or? I I, I was just gonna say, I feel like we get this a lot in the community. Like, you have women coming and saying, mm. "My doctor says this," but I'm not really sure I agree, and it's and people are questioning what their doctor mm-hmm. says and they're looking for other people to give them validation or other opinions or whatever. Um, I guess maybe for you personally, what mm-hmm. was it that made you it's, say, you I have, have to, to move on. This is I not the one for have me. You
2: feel like you're in good hands. Um, and I didn't yeah. feel that way. Uh, and it's such a, when you're in the minority of recurrent miscarriage and, um, it's, it's important, I think, to seek other opinions. And different specialists have varying opinions, especially in the, with the immune side of things. Um, it's such a complex area. Uh, and it's... Yeah. Yeah. Every specialist believes in different treatment, and I think it's good to get an idea of what, what different specialists think.
1: You mentioned recurrent pregnancy loss, which I do feel like anyone in that category is in an especially (sighs) hard situation because it's very hard to diagnose why people have recurrent, as opposed to, okay, yep, you have PCOS, you're not ovulating, that's why you're most likely not getting pregnant. Whereas with recurrent pregnancy loss, it's often harder to diagnose because it could be so many different things. Um, which is probably maddening (laughs) quite frankly but I wanted um, to hear from your perspective uh, about like having recurrent pregnancy loss and what that's been like and there's so many women out there in your shoes that have suffered loss and it's really really hard we've been talking about it a lot recently uh, we just, we just did an episode on it about women feeling like they don't fit in the infertility community when they've had recurrent pregnancy loss. So I wondered if you could just maybe share your experience with that.
2: Yeah, I think I think it's and when all of your blood tests and all of the testings for recurrent miscarriage come back normal, um, you know, I was tested for blood clotting disorders and all the autoimmune diseases and um, everything was coming back normal I was told over and over and over again that it was just bad luck keep trying um, and you just I knew that it what couldn't have been bad luck over and over again um, it's, it's such an easy response for doctors to say just keep trying and um, it'll happen it's just a matter of you know, rolling the dice and yeah. So I um yeah. It was it was I knew when it was time to move on to another specialist and try to get the answers that we deserved to hopefully prevent future loss. Um Yeah, it's tricky when you're in the minority, I think. And Autoimmune affects 85 to 90% of implantation, I think, implantation dysfunction issues, whereas the autoimmune is only 15% of those people. So it's a lot uh, less common. It's been
1: a challenge to find answers. Well, I hope the next transfer goes well. One listening, like I said earlier, if you want to hear more from Celeste, definitely go follow her on her YouTube channel and her Instagram account. Go show her some love. Uh, And before we close it, though, for us to do out of the box, we want to get to know Celeste out of her box, as we do. (laughs) So, Celeste, (laughs) can you tell us... A little bit about, I know you've got a lot of musicians in your family, right? Or your at least your mom is like a concert mm. cellist, right? Yeah, my mom's, um a cellist
2: and my stepmom's
0: also a cellist.
2: Oh, nice. Your <laughs> um, mm, dad has a
0: type. He does, <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> it would appear so. Um, I also play, but I'm very out of practice. Um, I haven't played for a long time. That's so, so cool. Cello.
0: Cello, yeah. Is that you your main instrument? Did you play it any was. other instruments, or I I played piano
2: growing up.
0: Yeah. Nice, you cool. too, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you're much better and more uh, <laughs> practiced than I am. You're really disciplined. Good. I've heard you say. <laughs> I would just go to piano lessons practiced. to gossip with my piano teacher. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> yeah. did you practice? And I'm like, nope. She's like, more well, gossiping than did you hear?
1: My piano teacher, yeah, she smelled like mothballs, so I quit. Mm. Oh, no. <laughs> but all that to say, you. you're you're in good company here with uh, being a musician. I think that's so cool.
0: Yeah, cello.
1: Does your mom still play professionally?
0: Um,
2: she teaches mainly. Okay. Yeah.
1: Nice. Yeah. My um,
2: yeah, my stepmom plays in the Melbourne Symphony.
0: Oh, cool! That's so cool. Um, yeah. Do you get so to do go? You get good tickets. Yeah. Oh.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we do. We need to go more often, though. Um,
1: What's your favorite symphony?
2: Oh gosh, <laughs> I don't. I don't think I have one. Do
1: you? <laughs> Uh, I know. If, I was just about to say, if someone asked me that on the spot, I wouldn't know what to say. I'd be like, "Oh, Beethoven's yeah. Ninth."
0: <laughs> yeah. 27th, That's <laughs> the one everyone knows. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, there's so many good ones. Okay, do you have a favorite yeah, composer? Um,
2: I do love Mozart.
1: Yeah. It's a good and, choice. Um, I have a few questions about Australia. So, my first stupid American question is, are there just kangaroos hopping about?
2: I knew you were going to ask that question.
1: (laughs) Because everybody asks that question, right?
2: (laughs) When you get further out of the suburbs, yeah, you can see them. Um, But not just hopping down the road.
1: Right, (laughs) right. Yeah, I would equate that to, you know, I grew up in Texas, which I don't know how much you know about Texas, the state, but <laughs> I'm
0: sorry. everything's bigger in Texas. <laughs> yep, I've heard that.
1: If I had a dime for every time, well, two things. If every time someone asked me, did you ride a horse to school would be the first question I get asked. Yeah. Similar to my dumbass kangaroo question And secondly, (laughs) I always get asked why I don't have a Texas accent. So, but you have an Australian accent. Why don't you have a
0: Texas accent? (laughs) Sarah! (laughs) What? Oh, is it because you live in Chicago now?
1: Uh, I don't, I just, I can turn it on. I can talk Texas to you if you want me to.
0: Is it because you don't have a lazy tongue?
1: Well... (laughs)
2: Did you have an accent
1: and uh,
2: it's No, stupid it's not question? a stupid question.
1: I think it's like people just pick up colloquial where they are. Kind of the sound. Although mm-hmm. some people don't. <laughs> but I think I'm one of those people, I'm like a what are those animals? Adapt. Yeah, that adapt the uh, uh yes thank you yes chameleon (laughs) i'm just trying to blend in with my surroundings (laughs) i'm trying not to stick out no i really i don't know if it's because i've lived here for 10 years or whatever i don't know why i don't but this episode is not about me so our next thing okay
0: i totally thought sorry i totally thought celeste was from england for the longest time i'm sorry oh really What? Was I not supposed to say that?
1: You stupid Americans. Anyone with an accent's from England.
0: (laughs) I can't... I don't know.
2: I don't think you're the first person to say that, Jamie.
0: I think it's because you sound so proper. And when I think Australian, I think like, Good (laughs) day, mate. Throw another shrimp on the barbie. Yeah, like that. Oh, Tim says that. Oh, I'm sure. Do you ever hear people say that?
2: No. (laughs) But I'm sure they
1: do. Uh, Okay, so... shrimp. (laughs) Lots of people. (laughs) But you know what? I just read this the other day. In Australia, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Celeste. You don't call it shrimp. You call it prawns or something? that right,
0: yeah. Yep. See, mm-hmm. I was
1: reading up on my Australia history,
0: <laughs> and those are the same thing. I was just about to ask that question.
2: <laughs> is it the same what? thing?
1: Yeah, we have prawns sure here, but I think shrimp gets the term is used more frequently shrimp for sure. But people call oh. them prawns, yeah. yeah. So what is your like where you live the general sense of americans like does everyone think we're totally stupid like we are <laughs>
0: no hey we're not all stupid <laughs> you're not all stupid no, so, some
1: stupid of us people are
2: everywhere unfortunately
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh truer words have never been spoken <laughs> Well, good. I'm glad to hear that. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad to hear we haven't completely alienated our Australian friends. Of course not. No. Okay. So, last thing we're going to do with you, Celeste, is a quick lightning round question mm-hmm. segment. Okay. So, you just answer, like, first thing that comes to mind. Don't overthink it. Okay? Okay. Okay. So, you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. The first few are just kind of random. Alright. Handlebar mustaches. Yes or no? No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. If you could have a superpower, would you rather be invisible or be able to fly?
2: Invisible.
1: Ooh. Okay. Can you touch your toes without bending your knees? No. Me neither. I judge people that can. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's probably because you're tall
1: yes Celeste it,
0: are you tall no yeah, how tall are you I'm not
2: tall <laughs> I'm 5'2 <five laughs> oh, oh.
1: Yeah. you're in the Sarah club yeah, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I'd have to be the big spoon with you too <laughs> okay um, what's the maximum number of perfume spritzes before it's too much oh Five. Oh, five. Okay, you probably smell really good. No, I was good. gonna say two. <laughs> Isn't that an interesting question? Everybody probably has a different answer. I was I gonna thought, say I would, three.
2: I would never do five though. That's but because that would be too much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, if there's a spider in your house, do you kill it or do you freak the hell out?
2: Depends how big
1: <laughs> and what it is. That <laughs> um, I would freak. Okay. Or
0: do you put it outside? Yeah.
1: Well, if you're scared of it, life.
2: I do put some outside if they're not Hmm. (laughs) massive.
1: Yeah, we're not talking tarantulas. No. Do you have tarantulas in Australia?
2: No.
1: No. Oh, good for you. I thought you did.
2: I think
1: so. You've got a lot of questions.
2: yeah, we've got huntsmen, <laughs> which are quite big, but they're harmless. Yeah. <laughs> they just. Have you been out of Australia? I have, yeah. Yeah. A long time ago. Where did you go? I went to Europe when I was 19 with a friend. Um, oh. So I haven't been back since, though. Um, so I'm looking forward to. Traveling
1: again. That sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to our lightning round tea or coffee?
2: Tea.
1: Beer or wine?
2: Wine.
1: If you had to eat something for a straight week, what would it be? Like you could only eat one thing?
2: Oh, ice cream. <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh, what a good choice. (laughs) Dark chocolate or milk chocolate? Dark
2: chocolate.
1: Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Good girl. I think I know the answer to this one ice cream or cake? Ice cream. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Pancakes or waffles? Ooh, pancakes. If you were really hungry, would you eat a bug?
2: Depends how hungry. You'd have to be really
1: hungry hungry for that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I have a few fertility-related lightning round questions. Okay, would you rather give yourself a shot every day for like three months, or take a pill every day that made you batshit crazy for three months?
2: A shot every day.
1: Yeah, I second that. Who's worse to visit? Wanda or the vampire? The vampire. The phlebotomist. Uh, I was like, the,
0: who's the vampire? <laughs> the blood draw person. Oh. Um, Wanda. Uh, I don't know. Wanda.
1: I mean, they, they both, both suck. suck yeah. <laughs> Would you rather have bruises from progesterone and oil shots or clumpy discharge from progesterone suppositories? Oh,
2: gosh. I've never had to do the progesterone shots, but I hear they hurt. I'd go this.
1: So you're going with the clumpy discharge? (laughs)
0: Probably. (laughs) I would, (laughs) too.
1: Uh, okay, this is the last fertility one. When someone tells you to just relax, do you slap their face or give them a nice placed throat punch?
0: Both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I like it. Definitely. Good
1: answer. Okay, here's a couple of Australian ones. Would you rather cuddle a baby koala or a baby kangaroo? Koala. Both a cute opinion. <laughs> they are both cute. Okay, the Great Barrier Reef or the Outback? Mm. Which one do you like better?
2: Great
1: Barrier Reef. Crocodile Dundee or the Crocodile Hunter? <laughs> Ooh,
2: Crocodile Dundee,
1: aren't <gasps> they? Yeah, aren't they the same person? No, Sarah. What? Oh, ignorant Americans. <laughs> no, the crocodile hunter hmm. died.
0: Yeah, isn't that crocodile? Identity? No,
1: that's Paul Hogan.
0: <laughs> Her face. <laughs> Is he related to Hulk Hogan? Maybe. Maybe. They
1: both look yeah. really leathery. That's
0: <laughs> all that song. Yeah.
1: Was it like a huge deal when Steve Irwin died?
0: A deal. Yeah.
1: Oh, seemed like such yeah. a nice guy. Yeah. It was sad. Okay, speaking of death, here's the last one: Hugh Jackman or Heath Ledger. Rest in peace, Heath. Oh,
2: Heath Ledger. Oh, Hugh Jackman.
1: Right. I know. <laughs> go with go with Hugh. He's yeah. still alive. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Hey Celeste thank you so much for oh, joining thanks so much us for me. today
2: it's been so much
1: fun today, tonight, I don't know what to say <laughs>
0: this morning for you yeah
1: <laughs> it's been so nice it's-, it's been so nice to talk to you and guys again if you want to hear more from Celeste or you really want to like dig deep into her story please go follow her on Instagram which is at Tim.Celeste.x or on YouTube, Tim and Celeste. Go show her some love. Oh, thank you. For everyone else, join our closed Facebook group called The Infertile Mafia. Celeste is there. Follow us on Instagram at Infertile Mafia Podcast. Feel free to send us an email to infertilemafia at gmail.com and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Give us a rating and review to hear Lots more talk about eggs and balls and stuff and maybe the occasional Australian history nugget. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and in our next episode, we're talking about turkey basters, even though it's not Thanksgiving. <laughs> intrauterine <laughs> intrauterine insemination.
1: <laughs> intrauterine insemination. <laughs> there we go.
0: Again, thanks for joining us, Celeste. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys.
1: Celeste, can you close us out?
2: Thanks for joining the
1: Infertile Mafia. Bye! Bye. Bye.